As you know, it's important to me that the supplements I recommend and use are of the highest quality. That's why I stock the Protocol for Life Balance product line at my online dispensary, drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance. Protocol for Life Balance offers a wide range of professional grade products using ingredients backed by strong scientific research. Among them, these stand out for their support of healthy digestive function. BioCore enhanced enzymes and enzymes HCL. Digestive enzymes are essential to the body's absorption, but the capacity to make enzymes diminishes with age. BioCore enhanced enzymes contains a blend of non-GMO enzymes that will aid in the digestion of most foods, including beans and cruciferous vegetables. Enzymes HCL is a specially balanced blend of nine different enzymes that can break down protein, carbohydrates, fat, and fiber, and may help reduce bloating, indigestion, occasional heartburn, and gas. They're available at drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance. That's drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance for more information and to order. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Uh, We're talking to the executive director of the Alliance for Natural Health. It is what it sounds like. It is an alliance of the public of people in the natural health industry, practitioners, manufacturers of supplements, uh, and um, people interested in um, retaining our freedom of choice. Uh, that's what ANH uh, struggles to do on a daily basis. We've been around for, well, how many years now, uh, Gretchen? Has ANH been around 20 years? Almost. Almost 30 years. 30 years. Okay. Goodness gracious. Okay. Uh, um, I'm on the board. Uh, I'm also the medical director of A&H. Um, I consider it really a, a privilege, uh, and it really is in line with my personal mission statement, which is to uphold access to natural medicine, but um, scientific natural medicine, natural medicine that um, is well-vetted, and uh, has demonstrated uh, efficacy. Uh, we need advocacy for that because all the mojo, all the action is on the side of high-tech medicine, the pharmaceutical industry, and the medical establishment, uh, which often poo-poos natural medicine. Uh, Gretchen, what's, uh, what do we have in terms of uh, some of the issues that we're confronting these days? Well, uh, it's basically a lack of access to information about natural health options, but also lack of access to natural options themselves in various modalities. It's sort of coming from every direction, um, including FDA trying to ban access to various dietary supplements and also compounded important medications. So what's on the hot seat? Uh, I'm hearing rumblings about... NAC. Recently, uh, Amazon has uh, curtailed its sale of NAC in anticipation of uh, NAC, N-acetylcysteine, being pulled from the marketplace. What's up with that? So to understand this, it's important, um, just a real brief overview. Uh, Dietary supplements in 1994, Congress said that they would be regulated as dietary supplements in this sort of separate category. And at that time, any supplements that were currently being sold could stay in the market, but those that um, 
those that would come into the market after 1994 would have to follow new dietary ingredient notifications. This is kind of the backdrop, not only for NAC, but also CBD oil. We're seeing FDA go after various supplements because they're basically saying these supplements are drugs. Mm -hmm. They're saying either either you haven't filed an NDI notification or it was approved as a drug before 1994. Mm -hmm. And so that there can no longer be an NDI notification. And that's what happened with glutathione. FDA is saying that, I'm sorry, not glutathione, NAC just the precursor to glutathione. Right. Um, FDA is saying that NAC was approved as a drug mm-hmm. and before the supplement came into the marketplace, and therefore it is an, it's a drug. It's not a yeah, dietary. I, I remember using it in my uh, hospital training in the, in the 80s as an antidote to Tylenol toxicity, also as an in, inhaled substance to break up uh, mucus. It's called mucomist. Uh, so, well, uh, and, yeah. Those are the indications that it's approved for. It's as an inhalant and then as an injectable or like via these IVs that they provide in the hospital setting, but it's not approved as a drug to be taken in oral form, first Mm -hmm. of all. It Mm -hmm. needs to be the same form. So that's number one. Number two, it's a post-it note. That's the FDA's evidence that it was approved as a drug, but it has been around. We know it's been around. But the, the issue is that this is critical for consumers to manage their health, and if FDA bans the supplement form, there there won't be access for consumers. To, there's no other source. FDA is mm-hmm. saying it's approved as a drug, but it's not available for you or me to go and purchase to support our overall health. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I got a little bit of a conspiracy theory to share with you. And, uh, you know, I, um, you know, just because I'm paranoid doesn't mean I'm wrong. Uh, NAC <laughs> is now in clinical trials uh, to treat and mitigate COVID-19. Yeah, for real, because it appears that, you know, when you come down with serious COVID or any serious infection, respiratory infections are notorious for doing this. It depletes glutathione. And so there's actually a clinical trial underway, and there's been many papers written about the potential of NAC to reduce the severity of COVID. So once these clinical trials are completed, uh, I wonder if the IP, the intellectual property for NAC, uh, will revert back to a pharmaceutical company, and then we'll be sprinkling uh, NAC on patients, uh, you know, throughout the country and throughout the world who are suffering from COVID, and then it'll be a drug. It won't, you know, it, it's something that I keep. I stockpile NAC because if I come down with a flu, uh, I feel run down. Uh, I'm going to take NAC, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, I mean that that it that see, this really goes against one of the precepts of A and H was that uh, we're about uh, grassroots efforts to empower the consumer to protect themselves and to take their health into their own hands, and this to take NAC off the consumer market and make it a prescription drug um, is such a it you know is is such an insult to consumers who want to safeguard their health. Well, it's really infuriating, and and I think you're exactly right. I mean, we've seen this time and again. When FDA targets particular natural compounds, it's oftentimes because there's a drug in trials or you know new to market that addresses the same underlying issue. And you have to remember that the FDA, a majority of their operating budget, is received through PDUFA. It's the Prescription Drug uh, User Fee Act. So drug mm-hmm. companies actually provide the otherwise known as pay to play, right? Pretty much, pretty much. So, I mean, it's one too many times to be a coincidence. Mm 
and um, and and what does it serve? You know, what does it? It's and and it's also infuriating because the natural health community has been using glutathione, or not, I keep saying glutathione instead of NAC mm-hmm. because it's the precursor. But I'm thinking glutathione because that's the master antioxidant of the body. That's what yep. the NAC is helpful for. But we've been using it for you know ever, and suddenly you know F- the FDA and conventional medicine says, hey, maybe there's something to this. So they just mm-hmm. want to co-opt it. They want to turn it into a drug, a market monopoly, and then remove it from all of those um, that, that are currently using it. So mm-hmm. it's it's yeah. This is this is an old story. What's the what's the status of this? Is it is it going to be yanked or is there a pushback? Are there uh, uh, is there uh, are there hearings or is there going to be a a court challenge to this? There is. There's a court challenge currently. Some of the trade groups are pushing back. We're pushing back with action alerts. So you have to hit it from every angle. We um, actually are publishing an ad, the back cover of Roll Call. We're asking Congress to step in. Um, so you, with something like this is on the chopping block. You hit it with the courts. You hit it with Congress. You hit the, the, the PR angle. You want as many people reaching out to FDA as possible to let them know that, hey, this isn't, this isn't okay. So we're pushing back. It's by no means a done deal. But as you said, there is we're seeing like Amazon is pulling it because they're anticipating it being pulled from the market. Again, FDA has said this is a drug. It's being illegally sold as a supplement, but they aren't confiscating it yet. You can still purchase NAC. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, you're, it's you're kind of like toilet of paper. I think people are hoarding it now in anticipation there's going to be a shortage. Uh, what else is okay. on the chopping block? Well, we get CBD oil is the same thing. Yeah, okay. same story there, right? Because the the CBD oil drug was approved, mm-hmm. and FDA come out now and said, "Well, the CBD oil that is being sold is is illegal. It's not a dietary supplement. It's mm-hmm. it's actually a drug." So it's the same thing. You know, once the drug company files the patents, takes it through the drug approval process, and it's the same CBD oil that you can get anywhere else. It's thirty five thousand dollars a year for the wow. prescription. Yeah, um, but again. FDA has in force pushed it out yet, but you know that that is what we're trying to avoid again with co- basically Congress on this one. We're working really hard, and there's some different bills pushing right. back in Congress. I, I think if they try to uh, pull NAC and CBD from the marketplace, I think people will be marching on Washington with pitchforks and torches. You know, like you know, like marching on the Frankenstein uh, castle. <laughs> you know, because mm-hmm. it's gonna. I mean. These things are, are so uh, highly uh, utilized that um, I think it's going to just the public will be incensed. I mean, that's just a bridge too far. What about uh, compounded hormones? I hear there's a challenge to uh, compounded hormones as well. The bioidenticals, you know, the natural uh, uh, estradiol, estriol, uh, estrone combinations that, you know, that, that uh, integrative doctors prescribe. FDA has been trying to remove estriol from the compounded marketplace since at least 2009. That was the first time we pushed them back um, because estriol competes. You know, the different compounded versions of bioidentical hormones, of course, compete with the pharmaceutical, the commercially available pharmaceutical version. Premarin is well. uh, right, but and estriol is not a but estriol is not available in a commercially available drug. So if it is removed from compounding, you're, you're not going to have access to estriol any longer. And so there's been so much pushback to, against FDA over these years as they keep moving forward that they actually convened a panel to um, 
to look at the the benefits and and sort of weigh all of the evidence. And they, it was supposed to be a neutral panel um, to come up and commission. They basically commissioned a report. You know, is is bioidentical um, estriol and are bioidentical hormones necessary, safe, and so forth and so on? And the panel came back and said, well, we recommend that they not be available, even if a even if hmm. a patient wants wow. access to them. Now, you know, I consider, excuse me, I consider estriol a safer alternative to um, mm-hmm. the other estrogens. It's uh, one of the least uh, potentially carcinogenic of the estrogens. And I have to say it's really instrumental in my practice because I prescribe it topically, orally, and also as uh, a vaginal cream. And I have to say, I've, you know, really probably resurrected the sex lives of, of scores of women with estriol cream. I think they're going to be pretty ticked if they pull it from the marketplace. Well, the next step would be for FDA to propose a rulemaking. They have to go through a formal administrative procedure uh, in order to actually pull it. So they have to propose it, give the public an opportunity to weigh in. And, you know, that's when we get really vocal about it. And then there's even an opportunity for us to sue the FDA if they actually pull it. So they, it's a long process, but they're, they're working through it. They, they have their eye on the prize. Mm-hmm. You know, they are definitely, working to eliminate especially estrogen from the marketplace Here, here's an angle you're an attorney uh, by the way you know in your in your previous incarnation uh, now you're executive director and you leverage your legal skills uh, in uh, hashing out some of these issues which have legal ramifications what about suing for loss of consortium you know in lawsuits you know when like some guy gets uh, bonked on the head at work uh, and uh, you know he has a lot of injuries but uh, uh, they can bring in the wife and the wife can say, hey, there's additional damages because he's not interested in sex anymore. <laughs> what about when you take yeah. estriol off the marketplace? You're going to have a lot of, uh, you know, pretty unhappy uh, couples. Yeah, but the problem is, I mean, you could try something like that. but the FDA, I know, it's a stunt. I mean, yeah, right. What they're saying is, well, you have all of these commercially available synthetic hormones that are just fine. Right. So why do you need the natural ones? Right, right. So that's what you're up against. They're they're saying, well, you have this perfectly fine alternative. Well, maybe it's not perfectly fine for me. But the fact that this panel said that consumer choice should not be a reason to make it continuously available. Like, it doesn't matter what I want or what my patient thinks is best. It just, you know, I mean, the bottom line is that it competes with the drug companies. Mm -hmm. Who are very much... uh, entangled with the regulatory agencies. There's a lot of uh, uh, interpenetration and a lot of enabling, in fact. Uh, What about uh, homeopathic uh, formulations? There's been uh, a real onslaught against uh, homeopathic uh, formulas. Um, I recently, uh, I was about to get a sponsor uh, of a homeopathic, uh, you know, very fine line of homeopathic products. And they said, you know, we're, we're not sure if we should proceed because we just don't know the fate of homeopathics in the U.S. I mean, they're a very successful international company. They do a landmark business in Europe and throughout Asia, Latin America. But the United States is uniquely uh, uh, resistant to homeopathic medications. Well, this started back in 2017 that FDA started moving to regulate more stringently the homeopathic medicines that are available. They have been regulated historically as over-the-counter drugs, and that's why they can have indications 
um, and on the different bottles. Uh, but FDA came forward in 2017 and said, you know, we never really finished the regulatory process back back in the day, and we want to take it one step further and push for basically something akin to pre pre-approval for these homeopathic medications. They want them to um, go through, a, it's like a new drug approval process in order to make claims and then to continue to sell them in the marketplace. Uh, and they were starting with, you know, 10 specific categories of homeopathic medicines. But they did, in their statements, make it very clear that the FDA's current position is that they are all basically unapproved. They, they need to go through this process. Um and they're starting with these 10 categories, but then when they go, where they go from there is really unclear. The thing you have to know about homeopathic medicines is that there's these, it's this interesting category, but sort of like supplements, you know, they, they're these natural things. You can't spend hundreds of millions of dollars yes. to take them through all of these different processes to go through this approval process. It's, it's not the right fit. It's not the right process for these types of medicines. So if they're all pushed to go through this process, whether or not they'll stay in the marketplace is a big question because I don't know that the companies can afford to do that. And then we lose access. Indeed. And, you know, they're an important part of the self-care program for a lot of people. And they're important tools for uh, certain uh, integrative doctors. I don't use homeopathic medicines very much myself, but there's some people who specialize in that. And, uh, you know, they obtain results for their patients. Um, methyl B12 and there's a few odds and ends other compounds, natural compounds that people rely on that also seem to be in the crosshairs, right? Right. So you have the traditional compounding pharmacies that have a legislative exemption so that they can basically compound anything that has a USB monograph or is a component of an approved drug. So you have these kind of um, little avenues for these traditional pharmacies to make some of these things that they're not necessarily approved drugs, but it's, it, it provides access. Um, for individualized medications. And as part of legislation that passed several years ago, FDA is reviewing, they have their committee that's reviewing a long list of all of these different, mostly natural medicines and supplements that have been compounded and making a determination, a recommendation as to whether or not the traditional pharmacies should be able to continue making them. So methylcobalamin is one that they recently reviewed and i'm very happy that, to by the way that's report. a form of b12 that is very yeah. bioavailable you know uh, you, the most common type of b12 is cyanocobalamin which uh is uh is good but it's less bioavailable and certain people uh do better with the methyl b12 especially people who have uh methylation problems they've got uh alterations in their MTHFR pathways. You've heard that term on this program before. Methyl B12 seems to hit the sweet spot of their uh, methylation pathways. That's right. And I'm, and I'm very surprised because um, as, as this panel has reviewed natural compound after natural compound, they've recommended against, for example, EGCG, curcumin, melatonin, oh, one after Rather yeah. make recommendations to the FDA to ban traditional pharmacies from making these different medicines. But recently they met on the, the methylcobalamin B12 and they 
did not recommend against it. I mean, okay. it's shocking. We have, you know, speakers on behalf of the natural health community, and we've been firing our comments to the FDA and the committee, you know, speaking of the importance of access to this particular form of B12, and they actually listened. So this is a win so far. Yeah, great. I mean, uh, it's nice sometimes to be vindicated. Um I, with the compounding pharmacies, I think the issue is more in relation to IV materials because, you know, you can – we're not saying that you won't be able to buy EGCG or methyl B12 uh, as a supplement, but the compounding pharmacies, uh, for example – make methyl B12 for injection purposes has to be made under stringent sterile conditions for injection. So if they pull that from the marketplace, you wouldn't be able to put it in IVs. And, you know, uh, having administered IVs over, you know, a long career, 30 plus years, um, I know how hard it is sometimes now to be able to get the ingredients. And it's becoming more and more expensive because, uh, you know, regulations and standards and, you know, bureaucratic um, infringements on production have made it prohibitively expensive for a lot of companies to manufacture these ingredients. I will share with you my the, – the compound that I'm most concerned about is intravenous glutathione. Yeah. FDA – it's on FDA to review, and they had it scheduled to review, gosh, probably 18 – to 24 months ago, and we put together a huge compilation, 60 different studies, and we sent them an enormous amount of data showing the benefit and need for access to intravenous glutathione, and um, and they, they postponed it, so they haven't met on that one mm -hmm. yet, but that one is huge, you know, for so many patients, and, and really, in this form, critical for many, many people and not available anywhere else. You can take oral glutathione, but, you know, a lot of people do require it intravenously. Yeah, uh, it's so, for, for neurodegenerative conditions, MS, Parkinson's disease. Uh, these things are really an essential part of our armamentarium, and we're being uh, deprived of them. All right, well, you know, let's uh, sum up. Pretty much, have we hit on most of the campaigns? I mean, it's it's like uh, A and H is like a many-headed hydra. You know, we're we're <laughs> fighting a lot of battles uh, simultaneously. Uh, are there any major issues that uh, we haven't covered? Well, I mean, I think that we hit most of them, but we're always working on you know probably thirty different bills in, pending in states and you know various legislative efforts in Congress. A big one that I'm I'm hopeful about is legislation that's been introduced that would allow people to use their health savings accounts to pay for dietary oh, supplements. Yeah, knowledge really should be part of one's healthcare regimen. They shouldn't just you know cover drugs, but the savings accounts. You should be able to use supplements if you're one that tends to use natural health to you know, prevent disease. So we're really happy about that. There are bills pending in a couple of different states. They're seeking to put some certain supplements behind the counter, banning them from those that are under the age of 18. Um, these are different like sports supplements and mm -hmm. weight loss supplements. It's a very broad definition. So it could potentially include, you know, your protein powders and things like that. By, by the way, they're concerned about, you know, the side effects of some of these over-the-counter products. Uh, the new weight loss drug, which is going to be called Wegovi, uh, has among uh, the side effects nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, abdominal pain, and constipation, or less commonly pancreatitis and retinal damage. That's okay uh, to unleash on the marketplace, and yet we're worried about uh, some 
you know, mild over-the-counter sports supplements uh, that have not uh, resulted in major harm. And uh, yeah, so I mean, it's it's a it's a tale of two cities or a tale of two industries. You know, the pharmaceutical industry uh, gets a lot of leeway uh, in introducing products that have you know potentially devastating side effects. Uh, we, on the other hand, are held to a much higher standard. That's right, because they're maintaining a market monopoly, right? It's it's the conventional medical standard. And anything that threatens the status quo or, or wants to introduce new ideas or cutting-edge science, sharing data, you know, is, is going to receive pushback. And so there are these different avenues. I, we've hit some of the major ones. It's just happening on so many different levels and simultaneously. I, it's, it's critical that people um, really do their best to stay educated and engaged because the powers that be are really seeking to block access to information and then, of course, you know, different options too, natural health options. So it comes down to no one's going to take care of your health. You know, we, we think the government has our best interests at heart. Well, no, FDA actually is paid by pharmaceutical drug companies. You know, we think that a lot of our doctors have our best interests at heart, and they do their best too. But, you know, we really have to be our own advocates, stay educated, stay engaged, and, you know, do our best to stay healthy. Indeed. So what's today's uh, intelligent medicine call to action vis-a-vis ANH? How can people uh, get involved? Oh, I would love for people to go to our website. That's anh-usa.org and take action. We have action alerts on every single issue that I've discussed here and more. Um, so, I mean, have at it. Subscribe to our newsletter. We send out about two to three articles uh, and maybe a video once a week. So it's not a lot, um, but we will give you an opportunity through those newsletters to take action. You can send me- messages to your legislators and let them know your thoughts about some of these issues. Indeed. If you're a friend of natural therapies, uh, this organization is for you. It advocates for you. And, uh, you know, I have to commend you, uh, Gretchen, because you have been a tireless uh, advocate uh, on behalf of uh, freedom of choice and natural options. And, uh, you know, you're, you're, you and your staff are ever vigilant about uh, new inroads against um, our freedom of choice and our ability to use natural medicine to support our health. So uh, just a essential organization. I'm so glad that uh, I'm part of it. And whatever I can do to get the word out, I encourage intelligent medicine listeners to go to anh-usa.org and check it out and maybe join and maybe support it. It's a great organization to support. Uh, and, uh, you know, you, you have also uh, funding drives and uh, people can contribute as little as they want uh, or as much as they want, uh, or they can put it in their bequest. <laughs> that would be welcome, right? Yeah, thank you for your kind words. And yes, we'd, we'd love, we'd love um, you know, everyone to come to our website and support us. You know, we are growing a movement and every individual counts. Your voice matters. So please come join us and, um, and together we'll protect access to health freedom. Indeed. It's a true uh, green revolution because uh, that uh, we need an all of the above approach to support our health, especially these days. Thank you so much, uh, Gretchen DeBeau, for joining us today. Very informative. Keep up the great work. Thank you.
I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. You know how important it is to ensure that your supplements are genuine, safe, and effective. That's why I partnered with Fullscript, an online dispensing platform that only offers curated professional-grade brands that I know and trust. The very same supplements that I prescribe to my patients and take myself. Never counterfeit or expired, always stored and shipped correctly. Just go to DearHoffmanStore.com to start your free Fullscript account. Buying through Fullscript offers fast shipping, optional refill reminders, a mobile-friendly site. It's safe, secure, and HIPAA compliant and offers world-class support. Fullscript also gives you access to my custom targeted supplement protocols that combine the products that I recommend to address specific needs, heart health, immune support, and much more. Just go to DearHoffmanStore.com to sign up for your free Fullscript account. You'll get access to the supplements and features you need to help you achieve your wellness goals. That's DearHoffmanStore.com. DearHoffmanStore.com.